And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Mr. Jim DeMint, former senator. And Jim, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Dan, thanks for having me. There's a whole lot to talk about, uh, and I'm very interested in, in what uh, subjects you're particularly interested in. <laughs> well, I have a wide interest, but um, first to get us started, um, let's talk about campuses and the universities. I'd almost be afraid to send a young person to a university today because of the culture wars that are going on on campus. Do you have any comments about that? I sure do. As a matter of fact, I've, I've written fairly extensively about the need to defund the left, and a part of that is making sure that federal taxpayers are not funding these liberal professors who are, I shouldn't even call them liberal anymore because they're not. They're just progressive, uh, Marxist, um, socialist, uh, putting a lot of ideas in, in our kids' heads. And I'm with you. I've got grandkids that uh, are coming along, and um, I can't imagine um, wanting them to go to the universities that I'm aware of. Yeah, and uh, what concerns me, too, is that it's supposed to be a university, but instead what you get is uh, kind of a brainwashing, forcing the kids to think in one direction, and then training them to kind of repeat, you know, repeat the stuff that they want to hear, and it's it's very sad. It it really is indoctrination, and the idea of university, as, as you were uh, inferring, it was to teach uh, kids to, to think, or young men and women to think and to be able to research and find answers for themselves, but, but not to be indoctrinated into a particular political philosophy, which is what's going on now. And one of the things I write about, Dan, in the book that just came out, Saving America from Socialism, is, is how so many young people today think socialism is a better idea than free market capitalism that has lifted more people out of poverty than any government program in the world. But they just have not heard the truth about that and, and many other things. You know what amazes me, Jim, and today our guest is Jim DeMint, is the um, the nature of capitalism, how that it kind of, um, I don't know, kind of, kind of regulates itself. Um, you know, if you have a really good idea and you make a good widget, it's going to sell on the market. If somebody comes across with a better widget, uh, then they're going to sell. And then that's going to drive the first guy to improve his product. It's a beautiful system. It really is. And even greedy people have to serve others <laughs> in order to succeed in a, in a free market system. So it it is... Uh, Again, like you said, a a good system, but unfortunately, a lot of what young people have seen is what we call crony capitalism, where big businesses are in in alignment with big government and getting breaks, just like during this coronavirus. So you've seen that a lot of the big uh, retailers were allowed to stay open, while so many smaller businesses were shut down, and many of them permanently. Oh, yes, absolutely. And um, with this coronavirus, you know, we've been kind of locked down here, and 
the radio ministry is constructed such that the people can work remote anyway, so it didn't really affect us too much. But my concern is as I drive through some of the towns, and we live near Kingston, New York, I'm seeing businesses that are shut, and some are shuttered. They will never open again. Tens of thousands of businesses, uh, probably hundreds of thousands all across the country, will never reopen. And I know from being a small businessman for 25 years before I ever ran for public office, is many small businesses are month to month, but they would put their whole lives, invest their lives and years and years into building a business. And for some mayor without authority to come in and say, okay, you're closed, but your competitor down the street can stay open. Um, This is how socialism works. Uh, And uh, I hope that people will get a little taste of what it means when government starts telling you whether you can go to church or not, or who you can meet with, or whether schools are going to open, or which businesses are essential. I mean, this should alarm every American. Uh, Particularly, Dan, as more and more data comes out, and when we find out that Healthy working age Americans are at very little risk from this coronavirus. Uh, Certainly there are exceptions to that, but most of the fatalities have been folks over 80 who have uh, other serious health conditions. And and we just can't close down America every time there's a threat like this. So, uh, again, I'm hoping that Americans will see something here that will get their attention and uh, young people, if, if they're told they can't go to the beach, hopefully it'll smack them upside the head and, and get them <laughs> thinking about, do they really want, want government to control their lives? Yes. And uh, you mentioned a couple of things I'm very interested in. Um, churches. Um, uh, you know, Christians, they're very careful. They want to obey the civil magistrate. Um, they're peaceful creatures, <laughs> and I'm one of them. Um, however, when the government tells me I can no longer worship, I can't gather together to sing, to worship, to praise God, um, that's crossing the line, in my opinion, when the government is also allowing massive protests on the Brooklyn Bridge, etc. That's socialism, when the government picks winners and losers and decide who who has the right to go out, I can guarantee you if you were protesting that you couldn't go to church, they would shut you down in a hurry. Oh, yeah. But they're allowing a lot of people to go out and burn down buildings, uh, hurt police officers. Uh, they're allowing that to happen. Uh, and, it, of course, it's not right. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that the upside of all of this will be it will shake Americans up enough to realize that tyranny is always right around the corner. If we're not willing to stand up for our rights, um, then we're going to lose them. And to, but, but you're right. A lot of law-abiding citizens, particularly uh, Christians, they want to obey the civil authorities. But w- once you demonstrate a willingness to obey, that's when tyrants take advantage of you. And that's what's happening in America now and in states like New York. Yes, uh, no question about it. Uh, you mentioned also the schools and um I think it is the goal of the left to see that the schools remain shut down in order to pressure parents so that it will affect their votes. But I think, based on science, there is no reason in the world that schools can't open. And in that, I'm including private schools, Christian schools, you know, the public schools, etc. 
Again, I, I agree, Dan. Uh, uh, the data shows that uh, school-aged kids have three times more risk from the flu than they do coronavirus. And there's no known case of teachers uh, anywhere in the world uh, getting the virus from students. So apparently they can get it and not know it, and they can carry the virus, but they don't transmit it at near the, near the rate of uh, uh, adults. So um, we, and, and part of the left uh, strategy here, Dan, is they want the country to feel uh, insecure and fearful going into the election. So you're going to see a continuation of the shutdowns. And, and I've seen research. Uh, we had some pollsters in last week. I mean, just wearing masks creates mistrust and suspicion. And if we're still wearing masks, if kids aren't going to school, if we still have riots in the street in November, the left is counting on Americans, Americans to say we need to try something different. Yeah, that's very true. Now, you mentioned something that's an issue that's near and dear to my heart, and today we're talking with Jim DeMint. He's chairman of the Conservative Partnership uh, Institute, and he was he was a former uh, senator. Uh, um, Jim, these, these violent demonstrations where there's looting, where there's destruction of property, and there's even murder of people, um, how can we allow this to continue in a constitutional republic? Well, we shouldn't allow it to continue. Law and order is a prerequisite to live in freedom. And so we're losing our freedoms as, as we allow this lawlessness to continue. And, and to demoralize policemen all over the country uh, makes no sense at all. And it, this whole idea that police are systemically racist is, is not backed up by the facts. It's just not true at all. And more whites are shot than, than blacks and of the blacks who are shot by police. Uh, most of those are shot by police officers. And well over 90% of the shootings occur when police officers are attacked by an armed person. Uh, so there's certainly, uh, we hear about only the exceptions to that. But there are millions of arrests uh, all, uh, every year, and the fact is there are very few violent outcomes there, but we're sure not telling Americans the truth right now. No, that's, that's, that's true. Um, it's another frustration that I, I would say the majority of our listeners feel, and, and many people in the U.S. feel, that the media can no longer be trusted. They, they are... Um, preeminent liars they they get a story and anything that they can do to to cast down the present administration it seems they want to do that instead of uh, reporting the news in an honest and fair way well it bothers me particularly when i I still go back and forth and work in dc the conservative partnership is there to serve uh, conservatives on the hill but I can see what is really happening. And I've had a number of meetings with the president, and then I'll, I'll go out and hear how it's reported. And, I, and I'm just fearful that we can't have a democracy if people can't get good information about anything. I mean, mm. and the, the data for the, the coronavirus is if people knew the truth about the coronavirus, I mean, all we hear about is the spikes in infection. You don't hear that the death rate's going down and that uh, fewer people are actually going to the hospital than they were. <laughs> uh, and so 
I mean, but they want to keep us fearful. But uh, one of the things I want to mention, Dan, I mentioned this book, and I think particularly your listeners, uh, part, a big part of what I talk about is the relationship of freedom and faith, two sides of the same coin. And another coin is secularism and socialism. The connection there is something that uh, Christians particularly should understand so they could recognize the threat and understand how vital uh, freedom of religion is to America and the Judeo-Christian values that this country has has really been built on uh, for a couple of centuries now. Mm, That's a good point. I've got your uh, Twitter site up, and there's a picture of you there. It shows the cover of your book, uh, Saving America from Socialism. Uh, Boy, that's an appropriate title. And uh, is this book available now? Yeah, it's available at at Amazon and uh, all fine bookstores. I I think a number of Christian bookstores have it as well. it, uh, because it does have a faith theme that I think people uh, of, of faith would particularly appreciate. Yes. Now, um, you have experience, it's broad experience, and it includes being a United States senator. Can you tell our listeners, describe it briefly, what is it like to be a senator and a Christian? Um, well, it's a real honor to be elected by the people of a state to represent for, to go represent them in the Senate. And when I first went to the Senate, uh, it, you you had a lot more ability to, to, to make a difference than you do now. Now, I think, uh, I know because I work, still work with a lot of the senators, they're pretty much irrelevant and sidelined. It's like this major multi-trillion dollar bill they're working on now. Uh, it's being worked on behind closed doors. It's not in committees. Only a few senators know what's in it, and they're going to want them to vote for it within a few hours of telling them what it is. So, again, it, it is an, uh, an honor, uh, but part of what we do at the Conservative Partnership it are, is to teach senators and their staff the parliamentary procedures so that they can actually make a difference and be relevant. Uh, but right now, that's not happening. There are a few people uh, just doing all the 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 maneuvering behind closed doors, and I'm just glad I'm not there now. <laughs> oh, such uh, such truth. <laughs> um, suppose there's a young man or woman out there today that maybe they're a homeschooler, and they're being brought up, they're learning their civics lessons, they're actually getting an education, and they're thinking about, gee, maybe someday I'm going to go into law, maybe I'm going to go into uh, serving my country politically, would you have any advice for that young person? Well, I, 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 the way I did it, and I did it accidentally because I never intended to go into politics, but but I spent most of my life and until I was 47 years old in business, uh, on, on church boards, uh, in, in the community, on charity boards, serving uh, locally. And, and I think that's really where you learn a servant's heart. And I w- don't want folks to go into politics because it's such a big deal. I would like to see people who want to be servant leaders and, and, and that are not uh, totally uh, captured by, by power. And that's what happens so often is power does corrupt. And, and unless you've got your heart focused on the Lord, 
and and that's I think one of the things that makes a difference and did for me is I always had a a small group of folks that I could pray with and talk to that would help keep me accountable and just remind each other that that we're not any more important than anyone else. Now you stay in touch with folks on Capitol Hill. Are there um, prayer groups, etc., um, there on Capitol Hill that are, maybe they're not perfect, but are they there? Oh, yeah, certainly. There's there's a regular, more official uh, Senate uh, prayer breakfast every week, and there's the same one in the House. It's more ecumenical in a sense. It's, there's not a lot of serious Bible uh, study, but again, they get together in the name of the Lord and sing, sing some hymns. But there are a lot of ministers who work the hill, and there's small Bible groups, and I've been going to one that's uh, with the folks who sponsor the National Prayer Breakfast, and it has some Democrats and Republicans, and the whole idea is to try to set aside partisanship and focus on Jesus and, and our own personal lives. And I've been doing that for the 20 years I was in the House and the Senate, and what, and now. Uh, it, but I would just encourage anyone, if you're not in a small group that helps encourage you and keeps you accountable, uh, you're really losing out on growing in your faith. You know, one of the things I do personally as the Lord brings him to mind is I'll pray for our president that the Lord will uh, grant him wisdom and keep him safe. I've never seen a president attacked so many times uh, to the level that this president has been attacked. And I, you know, it doesn't matter whether I like him or not, but what I see happening here is it's it's an injustice uh, to the office and to the man, it seems. Yeah, and he, he's not fairly represented at all. And I, I've met with him, and, and he's kind of a boisterous salesman. Uh, but he, he's I've never seen anyone more intent on keeping his promises. I mean, he actually keeps them on a board next to the Oval Office and checks them off if he moves the embassy <laughs> to Israel. You know, I mean, I, I was there when some of his advisors said, you can't do that. It'll cause. But, you know, his comeback is. But I promise. Yes. And and I don't know where um, the, pre- the president is is spiritually, but I know he's got some folks around him like. Mike Pence and Mark Meadows, and and I, I know he's uh, intrigued with those of us out here that um, appreciate him, even though I mean we don't expect him to be perfect, and uh, and that's something I think uh, that he's come to to know and appreciate with um, with Christians. And again, you don't have to like his personality, but I, I'm convinced the Lord has been using him um, to hold our country up. And the Lord has done that with a lot of us who are far from perfect. Yes. Well, in the last few minutes remaining uh, today, we're talking with Jim DeMint, and he's former senator, and he's now chairman of the Conservative Partnership Institute. Can you describe for our listeners a little bit more about this Partnership Institute and how they can find out about it and uh, also order your book again? Well, well, thank you, Dan. It's a conservativepartnership.org uh, online. We're a nonprofit, but I've seen after being there and helping to elect a lot of good people to the House and the Senate that there's just no um, reward for doing the right thing once you're there. There's, there's just no – everything pushes in the wrong direction. But So I was intent after I left the Senate to set up something there to support conservatives to have a place where they can get together and encourage each other, develop camaraderie, 
and 98% of those we call conservatives are also Christians or people of faith. And so getting together and getting their spouses together and encouraging them, but more on, on the on the like actually legislative front is to help them develop consensus by just talking to each other and developing a strategy. And we train their staff and we help place good staff so that they have good people around them, which is over 50 percent of the battle. And so the, the Trump administration has asked us to help staff their second term because he realizes now how important it is to have people around him who support his agenda. So we, we do a lot of work there, but we also try to get a lot of conservative groups together and get them on the same page so that we are not divided. The, the left in this country, the political left, is very united about what they're trying to do. And we need to be very united about what Americans really need to be done. And so that's what we do. And a lot of what we do is, is essentially written about in Saving America from Socialism is what, what is it about America that's so wonderful? And a big part of that uh, is, is the faith of our fathers, in a sense. And, but I want people to understand what socialism is. Because, Dan, if you don't understand the threats, uh, many times you're, you're going to be attacked and not understand what's happening. Uh, so we talk about socialism, but the last part of the book is all about what we as individuals can do about it. And whatever role we play, we all can make a difference. And I'm just encouraging people to be involved. So it's Saving America from Socialism. And I, I'd love for your listeners to get it. It's in paperback, so it, it costs less than uh, normal books. And uh, I think you can actually get it at, at our website as well, conservativepartnership.org. So anyway, but I'm grateful to have a chance to talk to you and your listeners. And I appreciate your ministry on the air. Well, thank you, Jim. And today our guest has been uh, Senator Jim DeMint, uh, former senator, and he's now chairman of the Conservative Partnership Institute. And Jim, uh, one last point, and that is uh, I see a a unique tie-in between conservative thought and Christian thought. And so that's why we'll have a guest like you on once in a while uh, once in a blue moon, one of our listeners will say, well, why are you doing that? But it's it's a matter of seeing the connections and realizing that if we want to continue to have religious freedom in America, then that takes a certain texture of politics that really is consistent with the moral law of God and the gospel of Christ. Great point, Dan. If we as Christians just see ourselves as stewards of this country that we've been given, and so much blood has been shed for, and, and, and our Lord has had his hand of blessing on us even when we didn't deserve it, but we are, we are stewards of this land. And if you sit back and don't feel like uh, it's your job to be involved in the political sphere, uh, you're not being a good steward because that's where we're losing ground. That's where we've lost it through politics of prayer in schools. Uh, and, and again, the things that we really love and care about, particularly our freedom to worship and freedom of faith, uh, we'll lose that because that's what one of the first things socialists and Marxists do is they know you can't have two masters. So they, they get religion out of the public sphere. We've seen it all through history because then they want government to be where you look for your support. 
so folks need to understand how our country is set up. And when I, when I read the Bible and it says to pray for our leaders, in our country, we the people are the leaders. And we need to be praying for people everywhere to get engaged in this battle because it really is a battle. We know it's a spiritual battle, and I can feel it in Washington more than I've ever felt it before. Mm. Yes, amen. Well, today we've been talking with Jim Dement, and uh, Jim, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Uh, check him out, folks. Uh, his website is conservativepartnership.org. We'll put it on our website, and uh, this book looks wonderful, Jim, Saving America from Socialism. Jim Dement, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Dan. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 